They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast for the newest episode of Unsanctioned. I'm your host, Ron Pashery, and yet another long overdue guest, very good friend of the show, one half of the big day, Biggie Dan Johnson. It is great to have you here. Welcome aboard. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, my friend. Uh, I say it's long overdue, but I think when we started this podcast, I had literally only met you once. Yeah. For like yeah, maybe about, 20 minutes. Yeah, one time, yep. The night Roman beat uh, Sheamus for the world championship. Yeah. Wait, it was at a Raw, right? It was Raw, yeah. yeah. December 14th right. of 2016. That was good. Or 15, I guess it was. Uh, then we never, we didn't like hang out yeah, met officially. Yeah, mentioned right? Yeah. Yeah. At the March one, yep. two weeks before Mania. Uh, so I guess we became friends that day. So not even a year. Yeah. Um, it's been a good year, though. It has been a great year. year. We've hung out at some House of Hardcore shows. We've hung out at Raw. We've yeah. watched a few pay-per-views together. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, you're right. It's been a very eventful year. Absolutely. Uh, another friend I've made through the uh, art of professional wrestling. Exactly. So that leads that. me yeah, that leads me to the first question I have, which is, what is it that made you fall in love with pro wrestling? Uh, you know, I, I was always really big, and I always say the, the best thing about wrestling was Austin and Rock. <laughs> best thing. <laughs> You know, it was the best rivalry, unmatched by any, in my opinion. So uh, that really got me into it. You know, I was able to watch those mm-hmm. guys perform in the ring, on the mic. You know, like like what Josh was saying last time, and you, you know that you can't really uh, beat those guys when it comes to mic skills and oh, yeah. in ring performances. Mm-hmm. They uh, they changed the game big time, and uh, that that probably drew my eye to to uh, you know the world of sports entertainment and professional wrestling mm-hmm. at that time. Um, you know, another big thing, you know, we, we were just talking about it, is, is the figures, man. These little, these little six inches of uh, heaven here. <laughs> take, it, take it how you want it. But these things are great, man. You know? Now, you... So you had them when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. Like, you time. immediately were in on wrestling figures. Yeah, they, uh, they were referred to as my peoples. <laughs> Mom knew, hey, I needed my peoples if we were going on a long trip. I needed to have a bag of peoples with me. So, like, how many peoples would you typically bring with you on a trip? Oh, or did uh, it depend on how far of a trip it was? You know, uh, I think at all times we needed a solid ten. Okay. Solid ten. So you needed yeah. a minimum... Yeah. Ten man tag match. Yeah, if, if we times. if we needed to do a battle royal off or a of five match table. card, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, did you have any? Do you have any particular? Because I have guys like when I think back to first figures I had, I had a Hogan, a Georgie Animal Steel, a Macho Man, and a Big John Stud, and like those stand out to me like the first ones right. I had. I also had, they had thumb wrestlers. I don't know if you remember those. I don't. They were like little rubber figures. You could put them on your thumb, and it was like you thumb wrestled somebody with an actual guy on your thumb. And I had Hogan and Paul Orndorff. Okay. Uh, So those stand out to me. A lot of thumb wars. Yeah. So who, like, who stands out to you that you had, like, originally? You know what? Uh, One one figure that stands out to me, uh, mainly because I've had... um, future encounters with this figure mm-hmm. recently in my life as well and it just <laughs> brought back all the memories of having this figure myself and you know playing all around the house whatever mm-hmm. it may have been it was uh american badass undertaker <laughs> one of my favorite figures he had the came with the blue vest on the jean vest okay you know had the, you had the bandana bandana all jeaned <laughs> up and everything i don't know why man that that figure just sticks with me I, you know especially like i said i've seen it recently mm-hmm. yeah uh the the other half of the big day 
brought out the big tub that we used to have here. <laughs> yeah, I should have mentioned we do tub. we do have the other half My of the big, big day, uh, Michael J. Day here What's as happening? well What's <laughs> as well as co-host of the podcast at Two Fly Air Trembicki. World podcast champion. World podcast champion. My whole team here. Whole team. (laughs) Yeah, we got a big crew here. We got some more guys coming. Um, So yeah, figures. I guess they they're always fun. Like obviously, as a kid, the only thing you cared about was like actually playing with them. Actually playing with them. uh, What kind of weapons they came with? (laughs) How I'm gonna you know take this guy's arm off? You know. Would you commentate your matches that you would have? Oh, absolutely. In the and voice of JR, was your was it your own it was, interpretation? It was my own voice with, uh, you know, obviously with a little uh, spice in there from JR. <laughs> Got to give JR the love, you know. Uh, you know, who doesn't like listening to JR? You're right. Uh, you know, when you're a kid, you're just going at it, you know, however the hell you want, whether you're dropping guys two feet off the table or, yeah. you know. But these days, you know, the Shane McMahon's are filling those feet for us, jumping two feet <laughs> exactly. off the top of the cell. Yeah. So, you know, the stuff we were doing with the figures, it, <laughs> it's, it you can life. do it in real life these days. Exactly. So, these guys are uh, proving what they can do these days. So. <laughs> now, so you went from having figures at your people's as a kid. I'm assuming, do you still call them your people's or no? I, you know, I, I've grown up a little bit. We okay. They, they are the figures now. We have All right. figures. But, uh, you know, deep down in my heart, they're still my peoples. And you have about how many so far? I think, uh, well, you know, I've been I've been starting to uh, opening the packages, unfortunately. Because I, I can't <laughs> resist playing with these yeah. six-inch figures. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Act 2 Fly. For, uh, always blame me. He yeah, always has a mission to get you to open a blame new one. Back. Exactly. Yeah. Act taught me. Hashtag, uh, <laughs> give credit hashtag to my man prep me. for yeah. that hashtag. <laughs> yeah. Now, you said you have roughly 80? Yeah, at I, would least say, 80. I would say at least 80 unopened. A.K.A. 20 more than me. Yeah, my, my goal is to, uh, you know, I, I really enjoy meeting the, you know, wrestlers in real life, getting to speak with them, mm-hmm. you know, talking to them about favorite, you know, moments that I've seen in my life, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be live or, you know, on TV, <laughs> some big spots, favorite ones of my life, and getting to meet these guys, have them sign the, the figure, you, you know, even if it's, you know, for money down the road, whatever the case may be, you know, it's the nostalgia behind meeting these people that I grew up watching, and, you know, I'm going to sound a little Goldberg cliche, being my <laughs> heroes growing up. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I don't think there is. And, you know, if, you know, for people that don't get to do something like that and, you know, relive their childhood, uh, you know, I almost wish that I could give give somebody, you know, that doesn't get to experience that, you know, a little bit of a push to go try and experience that. Because, you know, you... Uh, you view things totally differently. You know, it was kind of tough. I was talking to you earlier this in this week, and mm-hmm. you were saying, you know, get a, uh, you know, think think of a Mount Rushmore. And it was tough because when I was viewing as how a hard child, is it to leave some people off? Exactly, oh. <laughs> it, it's super hard. You know, and when you only got those, you know, coveted spots there, mm-hmm. it's tough when, you know, what, what do you what do you base it off of? Who you loved as a child, or or do you base it off of going back and watching these characters as an adult now, knowing that. Val Venus is, you know, <laughs> making, you know, doing his thing when yeah. he was actually doing <laughs> right. You know, and I'm just thinking he's acting a full twirl on the towel. And, and they just happened to... Yeah, you were, to be, I forget that sometimes. Yeah. You guys were young enough that you didn't quite know exactly what the and, point and, and the of Val Venus was. And in the Attitude Era, some of the things that we're seeing as children, you know, yeah, we laugh and giggle because the crowd's, you know, marking out like crazy. But, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know what they are. But then when you go back and view this as an adult... It's a completely different thing, and you can view characters, you know, 100% differently. You know, 
you know, back in the day, I just love Stone Cold. All-time <laughs> favorite. There's a there's a start to the uh, Mount Rushmore there. Mm-hmm. All-time favorite, Stone Cold. But, you know, going back, he was ultimately a heel. But I loved him. Yeah, you know? he was definitely, like, an anti-hero. He was right. not the clean-cut baby face of the 80s. He was not 1984 Hulk right. Hogan. Exactly. He was not... Uh, 1988 or whatever year it was, Macho Man Ra- Macho Man Randy Savage. Right. It's it's very different time. Different ball game. Now you brought up the topic of Mount Rushmore. That I tell people usually, answer it how you want it. Some people like to answer as they think these are the four best guys of all time. Some people have answered just their four favorite. Some people have answered they think the four people who are most important to the industry. So my thing is, I just like people. Whatever your interpretation of Mount Rushmore is. That's what it should be. So, sure. with that being said, we have Stone Cold Steve Austin right there at the top of the list. Yeah, he's at, he's uh, by far at the top, and I think uh, most people would agree with that. Obviously, you're going to get your your varied opinions, but that man, you know, for the uh, the career that he did have in you know WWE, WWF, uh, ECW, mm-hmm. WCW, the whole nine. You know, obviously it was uh, you know his main stance was as Stone Cold Steve Austin and everybody loved it you know it was uh it was what what you wanted to do with your your boss mm-hmm. and you lived it vicariously through the man Stone Cold Steve Austin exactly now do you feel like you relate to him more now as an adult than you did at the time when you first started watching him uh you know i it's it's kind of funny because you know, I, I've obviously I've always been a fan of him, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, I was old enough to grasp the fact that you know Vince is his boss, yeah. <laughs> and he's doing everything he can to just, you know, make his life a living hell. Uh-huh. You know, and so it was so fun to see back then, and you know, uh, to, to answer your question, yes, you know, I, I can relate to it a little bit easier <laughs> because you know, obviously I'm working now. I wasn't working when mm-hmm. I was a child, so. Uh, you know, it, you know, you have those relatable moments, man, and you, know, you see little memes nowadays on Instagram or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know, Stone Cold, you know, <laughs> whooping somebody's ass and like, being your boss or something like that. So yeah, he's absolutely more relatable now. So maybe even not as opposed to relating. Do you think he maybe inspired a generation of kids to give their boss a hard time? <laughs> absolutely, yeah, definitely, and and I think. Uh, even more importantly than that, I think he inspired a generation of future wrestlers that, you know, we're watching that product now. And, yeah, there's the limitations for what's on television. But, you know, if you, I mean, I don't know a lot of the people in the back, obviously, but mm-hmm. you can ask probably 95% of the people in the, in the back. And you're going to get most of those guys having been inspired by Stone Cold Steve Austin for what he did for the company for you know the movements that he made and things that he did that will never be done again mm-hmm. and that changed the name of the game, you know. Yeah. When, when you when you ask me about my Mount Rushmore, that's one thing that I really had to take, you know, take in thought here. Like, who really changed the game here? That rivalry, Rock and and Stone Cold, in my opinion, changed the game. So Rock is going to have to be number two on that. Okay. So you know, leading <coughs> into that, you know, Rock. I didn't know the character, like I was saying when I was younger. I just thought he was cool. Mm-hmm. He lifted his eyebrow. That man was smoother than anybody on the mic. You know, obviously we have Ecto Fly now taking over for him. But that I man was, was thinking too about smooth. myself when he said he, he, He's too smooth. He, he, he can sing. He can mm-hmm. play the guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, any lady wants him. Yeah, we're yeah. watching him right now in an old episode right of SmackDown. He, he's making Booker T look like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> and Booker T's holding the strap. Yeah. So... He, he just, you know, there wasn't anybody else in the business that could talk like him, yet 
everybody loved him on any given night, you know? And, and if he wanted to be hated, he could make you hate him, mm -hmm. too. So he was right up there with Stone Cold and just changed the game. That rivalry is, you know, unparalleled to any other rivalry I've ever seen in professional wrestling. Yeah, now, as far as The Rock, and you just made the point of... He was so good on the mic, people loved him, but if he wanted you to hate him, he could do that. Right. To me, he's like the poster child of WWE decides, okay, we're going to package this guy and push him. This is the guy we want everybody behind. Right. When he showed up as Rocky Maivia, he was the blue chip prospect, blue and everybody hated him. Right. It ultimately led to people chanting, die, Rocky, die. Mm -hmm. They turned him heel, and he kind of started to get to do his own thing, right. and people loved him based on him being a heel and a jerk. And then he became skyrocketed into right. The Rock, what we ultimately know him as right. now. Um, so he was another guy who was never quite just a straight-up babyface, but he was so entertaining. And he's, when I think of the term sports entertainment, and a lot of times that term annoys me because I'm like, it, it's wrestling, and I don't... Right. But he is sports entertainment. Like, that's a sports entertainer, is, is The definition. Rock. You know, he, I, in my opinion, that, that's why they were able to change the name the mm -hmm. sports entertainment from pro wrestling, from characters like The Rock. Obviously, it wasn't just The Rock that did this, but if, if you were to, you know, even just do a Mount Rushmore of, you know, guys on the mic. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't have Rock in there, you're <laughs> yeah, not he's got to be. He's got to be up there they for just about everybody. They named an entire show after him. That's true. <laughs> That's where SmackDown came exactly. from. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and and look at look at what we're watching now. My opinion, SmackDown's the better brand of television we're wow. watching right now. Almost a twenty year old show, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I don't even think that's up for debate at this yeah, point. No. <laughs> I don't think there's any uh, any room for discussion. It's hands down the better show. Yeah. Um, now, you have two spots left. Two spots. Who left. do they go to? Now uh, the first two I, I had, uh, you know, that was really just my favorite rivalry. Mm -hmm. The third one, he's a. Uh, He's just one of my favorite guys that I've seen from when I was younger, even to right now, mm -hmm. that's still putting in the time, still hitting the gym every day, especially these days. Uh, that being said, it is Paul White, the Big Show. <laughs> First person to put the Big Show on their list. Um, I like to see him on there because I think he gets looked at now as like everybody's kind of tired of seeing him there. He gets the please retire right. chant and all that. But you go back and watch some of these old shows, like when we're doing a throwback, and you remember how amazing that guy actually was. And, and for the time that, you know, back when WCW, when you know he first came out and everything, he was doing things, and he was the guy that was bigger than anybody. He was bigger than life, you know? I mean, obviously we've had our Andre the Giant, and when I was a kid, you know, I knew about Andre the Giant and everything. I thought this guy was his son coming out and just... <laughs> Killing everybody, yeah. man. He was, he was tearing up the game, and it was just so entertaining to watch because I've never just seen such a massive individual, man. I mean, I'm I'm five eleven, six foot. Depends who asks me, but this man is massive, over seven feet tall. You know, advertising, you know, the WWE over five hundred pounds, and yeah. you know, the, the things that this guy's doing, it was just great. And to see him, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, of the guys that have really, you know, paid their way and. This man did everything he's ever been asked to do. I mean, obviously now there's the whole joke of, you know, you don't know if he's coming out heel or face. <laughs> and I think it's funny at this point in his career. It but, is. You know, coming out, uh, you know, as the giant, then when he debuted in the WWE, ripping through the ring, mm -hmm. throwing Stone Cold Steve Austin out of that cage ring with Vince in, in the ring, that that was crazy. I mean, That's just still, the like, a thing scene, I remember you know? so much, that, yeah. that one moment. Right. Like, knowing he was going to be there soon. Right. 
I, it's possible. I don't remember because it was a long time ago. We may have known that he was going to be there that night. But yeah, him coming up out of the ring and then throwing Austin through the cage, costing Mr. McMahon the match. But then, even after that, okay, Austin didn't look strong in winning that match at that point. Like, right. he accidentally won. And then, you know, he's got to deal with this guy now right. going forward. Yeah, and, and, and for somebody that's the face of the company in Stone Cold Steve Austin, seeing this giant of a man, the mountain among men mm-hmm. that used to be, <laughs> in the ring, and you know, around the guy that he was trying to make his life a living hell, Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. What, what do you do next? Are, are you bowing down, or, or what's what's next? And as a kid seeing that, it's like, wow, like well, what is Austin going to do? How do you stop this man? And then just seeing him, you know, every character that he put throughout, you know, in the WWE and, and WCW, it was just so entertaining. And for him to still be doing it to this day, and you know, like I said, hitting the gym every day, and this uh, you know supposed match against Shaq here, which mm-hmm. unfortunately we think is is not going to happen at yeah. this point. But you know, I just, I just really got to, uh, you know, like I said, going back into, into time, looking at a person's career and what they've done for the company, it's tough to throw everybody into that Mount Rushmore. But I, I have to throw him into mine just because, you know, he, he's done everything and everything for the sport. Um, do you think he gets anywhere near the respect? One, the respect he deserves, and two, do you think that WWE got as much out of him as they could have? Uh, I mean, I think overall respect, obviously now people, you know, with, with him being a little older in his career, you're going to get the, the hazers in the crowd that are just going to throw him down regardless of, you know, if he's getting a big push or if he's just driving out for a match. Mm-hmm. So I think ultimately it's it's uh, it's kind of the same as, uh, not on the same level as John Cena, but, you know, people like to not like him right now. Just because, like, okay, we've been there, we've done this for so long. Exactly, and, and and I get it, I really do. And you know, not to, it's not like you're pushing him on, on you know, the last episode of Raw, to the exception of you know, the, him and Braun recently. Yeah. But you know, live events, like, what, what a great person to still have for the company. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, almost like I, I watched something on Macho Man Randy Savage last night. It was also, also almost like the same thing as him. Like he he can now be the ambassador for the WWE. Yeah. You know, you don't necessarily have to be in the ring every night. You know, really proving your worth. You've done that for us, in my opinion. He he's just a good person to have around. He's that veteran presence in the locker room that you want to have. He's not going to be the bad influence on these new guys that mm-hmm. you want. You know, to succeed in, in the company and really, you know, who, who's going to be that next big guy? Who's that next Cena or Stone Cold or Big Show that's going to yeah. put in the 20 years or 20 years plus that mm-hmm. he's been in it? You know, who's that next guy? So for somebody to do that and still be putting in the time and doing what he's doing today, even, you know, pushing these younger guys, you know, it's awesome. I mean, I, I commend him for it. I do too. And you mentioned Braun Strowman. I just want to say real quick, I thought that match was great. On Raw a few right. weeks ago. Yeah, it was. Um, it was entertaining. Yeah, it was a very different style from what we're used to seeing on Raw. My dad texted me about it. Really? Yeah, he planned <laughs> his whole night around watching that match. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he's like, yo, you know the Big Show finally has a match again? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Who's he fighting? He's like, Braun. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was a good match. I thought yeah. it was awesome. And it was very different from what we're getting it typically was. on a week-to-week it basis. Was. So um, that was nice. And, and also, you know, being a kid, seeing uh, movies like The Waterboy. Mm-hmm. And seeing that's the giant. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot he was in that. You know, so stuff like that. And uh, what's that other movie? Uh, Ready to Rumble. Yeah, that was a great movie. Mm-hmm. I, I forget 100 percent if he's in there. We'll have to check on that one. But um, um I think he is. I, I'm pretty I'm sure, sure he is too. 
But, you know, just seeing him in movies and stuff when I was younger, it was just one of those guys where he's larger than life. Mm-hmm. You know? There's very few of those guys left. Right. That are larger than life. Exactly. And, and that's why I kind of have to uh, pay my respects to him throwing him on the Mount Rushmore because, like you said, there's very few of those guys left. Mm-hmm. Now, one more spot. Yeah, the last spot, you know what, um, this one was really tough, and I, I was talking to uh, to uh, Mike over there, other half of the big day. I was really torn on who to put there, but I couldn't put an actual wrestler as my number four here. Um, Eric, I know you're going to enjoy this one. <laughs> oh, I already know. I yeah, really I think I know who it, it is, to, too. Uh, Paul Heyman. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> The, the, the first two I'll I chose were Rock and Austin. Totally changed the game. Number four, Paul Heyman. If it weren't for him, we wouldn't be watching what we're watching today. That's my friend, by the way. Yeah, I love that. So two guys that we have not had anyone put on there. We've had the discussion before, I believe, of, as to whether like WWF or, w, or ECW was truly responsible for the change in wrestling and clearly you fall on the side of it was ECW you know, that, I, that I'm, I'm an ECW guy through and through you know, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't too big on it when I was younger because I wasn't you know it wasn't in my face yeah. I, I didn't see it often but uh, I could actually you know pay thanks to 6'5 uh, for getting me into ECW you know I, I obviously knew about it and you know knew all the guys and everything you know Dreamer, Taz mm-hmm. so on but when I when I you know started getting back into it about four years ago now ECW, you know, that's that's in our backyard, man. That's uh, you know, that's right here in Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my crummy dad would take me down to the fucking East. Oh, the freaking East. <laughs> oh, we can curse here. Oh, okay, I didn't know if we could curse. Unsanctioned, no rules. Unsanctioned, no rules. Uh, my dad would take me down there when I was ten years old. <laughs> down there smoking cigarettes in the green. I'm not supposed to be in there drinking beers. Yeah. It's great, you know. And so to me, that that's the epitome of what ECW was—a ten-year-old yeah. in there smoking cigarettes. <laughs> that was the spirit yeah. of ECW. Actually, ECW um, man. Uh, the farmers market up around the corner from my house. My dad said he'd go there. RVD be in the back smoking a joint. <laughs> RVD that's... like you want to hit real quick, but I was like, Fuck <laughs> yeah, that's ECW yeah. too. Good old, good old RVD representing <laughs> ECW man. But you know it, what? What a product, man. You, you know. Um, you will never see ECW again. I mean, you you have you know your current day CZWs mm-hmm. and which is you know violent as all hell, but it's not the same. It's not ECW. That that is one product that will never ever ever be duplicated. Yep. And, I and it don't know how you could. It, it was natural. Mm-hmm. It, it was hundred percent natural. And and you know honestly, it's um it's one of those things where. Half of the things in the Attitude Era that I love, you know, being such a, you know, mark for the six-inch mm-hmm. figures here, you know, <laughs> ladders, tables, chairs, I loved it all, barbed wire, bats, like, you know, to do, to play with that stuff when I was little, and, and then to see this stuff being done in real life, yeah, <laughs> it's violent as hell, but I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. You know, it, it's one of those things where you watch one episode, what's going to happen next, you know? Is, is this man alive? Like, what's, what the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah, there will never be a wrestling show we watch ever again where we have to honestly wonder if the person's alive or dead. Yeah, right. have to and, wait a whole entire week. Exactly. <laughs> that is a long week. <laughs> and it, and it's, uh, it's a little bit crazy, crazy to me, too, like, going back, seeing what they did, and hearing these interviews with Paul Heyman saying, like, oh, yeah, we, we weren't allowed to do that. We just did it. Mm-hmm. We had to do what we had to do. And, you know, these guys are, 
you know, I'm not I'm not going to say they're fighting for their lives because ultimately this is a choice for them to do that. Yeah. If they said, uh, you know what, the hell with it, I'm going to flip burgers, mm-hmm. they could buy it by all means, you know, go ahead and do that, and, you know, life would have been different for them. But these guys fought for their careers and, you know, did something that a lot of these other guys didn't have to do. Yeah. That are, you know, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, you know, a lot of guys didn't fight their way through, but these guys literally fought, cried, bled their way through and finally made it. Yeah, they, they <laughs> cut the rules. They they lied, cheat, and steal. You know, good old Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they did it something that nobody else could ever do, has ever done, and will never do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? totally unique, uh, original product that, yeah, like you said, we'll never see again. Right. And so hey, you have Heyman, who, you know, obviously the pioneer of ECW. Great commentator. Great manager. Great advocate. Yeah, uh, and aside from the violence of ECW, they were like he kind of started the whole cruiserweight thing. He brought all those guys to ECW right. before they ended up on Nitro. Right. Um, yeah. And that's, that's something that I think he doesn't always get the credit for. People kind of forget that's that true. that was there first Amazing. before uh, Amazing, Bischoff. Yeah. yeah, before Bischoff took all of them. Right. Because um, I think he knew. Checkbook. Yeah, like yeah. Heyman knew we have to keep doing something different, and that was like one of the things right. that he saw. So I think Paul Heyman is a great addition to the list. He's an innovator, and that's mm-hmm. why I had to put him on the list because, you know, I I, I really can appreciate people that have changed the game, you know? You know, we talk about, you know, other sports, you know, Tom Brady's, Peyton Manning's, all that. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're talking about wrestling, he changed the game. He, he did things that nobody else could or did, you know? like And, and it's impacted today's wrestling. Fastlane mm-hmm. will be, you know, a product of things that happen in ECW <laughs> or a result of things that happen because of ECW. Yeah, that, I think he's a great guy to have on the, have on the list. He I, absolutely deserves it, and I'm glad we finally have had somebody put him that high because right. he's he, very influential. He was a visionary, and the fact that he still comes out and he's still great today. Right. <laughs> we don't see him as much. When we do, he's always awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was watching uh, on uh, the WWE Network, which, uh, you know, you can get for nine ninety nine. <laughs> I wasn't aware. Price. No, no, Thank no, you no, for plus that. Tax. Plus tax. Plus tax. I, I watched uh, one of these, uh, the shows that they had on there. I forget exactly what show it was, but it was with the uh, the panel. Corey Graves was on mm-hmm. there, and the ECW panel. Started with Paul Heyman, featured with um, Dreamer, Taz. Oh, I haven't seen yeah. that yet. Yeah. It was but a great I need show. Um, I, I learned uh, one, one fact that really stuck out to me. You know, whether this was 100% true or not, this is what came out of Paul Heyman's mouth. That they almost had a buyer to go in 50% with ECW. And if this buyer actually, you know, fell through with all mm-hmm. the ideas and everything and, you know, it actually came to be, th- th- it would be 100% different what we're seeing today. There, were, there was almost a buyer. It was 50, it was 49 or 50%. I want to say 49. So basically somebody would have been a partner that would have allowed them to keep doing what they were already doing. Right. And, Not and like cleaned them up for TV Exactly. Or and we know the product of ECW, you know, they had their financial issues. They had their paper, uh, pay-per-view rights, you know, in jeopardy most of their, you know, time running. Mm-hmm. Disney was going to be a 49% owner <laughs> in ECW. Is that really who was going to buy it? That's who, yeah. exactly what Paul Heyman said. Wow. 40, I, I want to say it was either 49 or 50% owner of ECW. Disney, who's putting out these, you know... Kids movies. Kids movies and, and, and everything. <laughs> Present day, they're putting out Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee I can... I, I bet I know what fell through. Something Paul Heyman tried to strong bomb. 
Probably. You never know. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't doubt it. I mean, the way that he played his game, you know, he played hardball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Better than yourself. <laughs> but, you know, think of how different the, the game would be now. Yeah. All pay-per-view rights, now. Disney had them. Yeah, that'd be... They, any, any kind of financial burden, Disney could cover that. So I've never heard this before, and I forget who I was speaking to just recently about, you know, like, what-ifs in pro right. wrestling history. And, and there's a lot of them. Like, is there a bigger what-if than that? Like, what if that company would have had the backing of some somebody as big as Disney? More powerful than Ted Turner, more powerful than Vince McMahon. That could pay these guys that are now leaving <clears throat> to go to WCW and WWF. Or guys would have been leaving WWF to go exactly. to ECW. You know, what What if the Outsiders debuted on uh, Extreme Championship Wrestling instead of World Championship Wrestling? Um. Yeah, that's... That this might be like a topic for another whole show. We may have to do at we some could, point. Yeah, we could do it. Absolutely, you know, because that's very wanna, interesting to yeah, me. We could, we could get two sides and throw a debate up here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I will get on that immediately when we finish the show. We um, now we have the Rushmore. What about your favorites of today? Favorites of today. You know, uh, today it, it's kind of a tough product. It, it's uh, kind of funny you asked that. I told you. Six five got me back into this mm-hmm. about four years ago, and I, I, when I was younger, I never went to an event. You know, my parents weren't ever into the wrestling mm-hmm. thing, or never really supported it, other than the fact that I was occupied for three hours in the back <laughs> of the caravan on the way to the mountains. Yeah, with my peoples. So <laughs> I never went to a live event before, and a couple years back, first event I ever went to, January 2015, the Royal Rumble. Yeah, so that was the first one you went first to. First live wow. event. Yeah, yeah. Up in the 200 sections. That's only the second event I had ever been to. Okay. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. I had been to a Raw in like January or February of 2001, I believe. Okay. Um, that was the first event I had ever gone to. Because, yeah, my parents, same thing. Like, didn't really want me watching it. Yeah. We're not going to uh, encourage it. Exactly. Um, I went with my friends to a show in 2001. Then never went to another one until... Royal Rumble 2015. Now I've been... I don't even know how many I've been to because right, I've been yeah. to a lot in the last two years. Yeah. But, but yeah, so first event you went to. First event I've ever went to. Which is my second. Live event, yeah. So We didn't know, know each other yet. Exactly, not yet. I mean, soon soon to be. But, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty cool, man. You know, I've been to, you know, hockey games, basketball games in the same arena, but there was just something different walking through that curtain, looking down there and seeing the squared circle... With the WWE logo in there. It was, di- it was just different. It was cool, you know? It, it Like, on, honestly, I just felt like a kid again. All the nostalgia would just shot back into me, and I was just like, wow, man, this is this is crazy. And, yeah. you know, it really made me jump on board again. And it's funny that you ask me uh, who my favorite is currently, because at the time, I didn't know the product that well. <laughs> and the coolest dog in the yard was Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. He looked cool. I, I, you know, I came after this whole. Re, shield re going thing. in basically blind. Going like, in blind. I didn't. Really, I don't know really know who these guys. Going are. in blind. I mean, I, you know, I knew through like the the punk years, and mm-hmm. you know, I kept. I, I was familiar. He knew with of the some products. guys, but you know, these new guys and who was on top of the game when I came into Rumble was Roman Reigns, and I was like, man, he looks cool. You know, this dude looks like The Rock. He's got the <laughs> tattoos. He's got the long hair. He dresses the part. He's He's jacked, mm-hmm. man. This dude's awesome, you know? And I sit down and, you know, 
me and six five we're talking and <laughs> you know just taking in all the whole scene and you know people around me i'm hearing boo roman boo roman and i'm like why don't these people like roman reigns <laughs> And even to this day, you know, I, I like Roman Reigns. I'm not I'm not one of those guys to, you know, boo Roman Reigns walking into the arena. But at the time, he looked like the baddest dude in the yard. And I said, you know what? I'm on board with this guy. And for months, I tried to defend the trip. fact that I like Roman Reigns. <laughs> and, you know, I, my, my opinion swayed a little bit due to booking. Mm-hmm. has nothing to do with Roman Reigns as a character at all. It is all due to poor booking, in my opinion. Not that the whole thing is poked poorly, or poorly, rather. Yeah. But... You know, it, he he put on, in my opinion, a great show. He dressed the part and everything. So it, it's funny because I didn't really know the the product that well, and I thought Roman was my favorite. But you know, going you know now that I'm back into it, <laughs> back into the swing of things, you know, there's a few guys that really take my eye. Ko being one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think everybody can agree that Ko is one of those guys that you don't get often mm-hmm. as well. You know. Um, on the mic, he's great. He he could just go ad lib and put some of the best things you've seen in months on the on TV. So, he could be hilarious. He could be a giant dickhead. Right, right. Uh, again, a guy you can cheer and a guy who makes you hate his guts. Yeah, I you know I'm I'm glad him and uh, Chris Jericho have separated mm-hmm. because I you know they they were great to see. It was funny. It was you know a good product, but I really want to see that edgy Kevin Owens again mm-hmm. because when, when I see Kevin Owens doing you know power bombs to people on the on the apron. Uh. That 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 to me is that's violent. That's uh-huh. that's that ECW feeling that I love to see. It's you know these guys are putting their body on the line and and not to say anybody else is not by any means because these guys go through their pain. Mm-hmm. They they do it you know, but KO man he he these balls are the wall. Mm-hmm. You know I, I love seeing you know that the, the uh, one feud that I really enjoyed was KO Sami Zayn. These two lifelong friends they've been you know pushing through the business together. And they, you can tell when they get in the ring, there's nothing holding them back yeah. from putting on a five-star show. If the, if, if you know, people aren't cheering, holy shit, holy shit, mm-hmm. by the end of the match, you know, they didn't do enough, and they're gonna keep going until yeah. they hear it. And, and that's that's what I really appreciate in uh, some of the characters today, because they can't do what they can't drive out in a beer truck and, and you know squirt their boss with a with a hose. You know they can't do some of these things that they were doing back in the day. You know Kane dousing Jr. with yeah. gasoline and lighting them on fire. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. You know the the few times that, that they flirted with gasoline or or even lighter fluid with the Dudleys yeah. recently a couple years back and they didn't do it you know yeah. it, it, so when when these violent things happen not that I want anybody to get hurt man mm-hmm. but I, I I mark out so hard just because that small chance that I'm seeing a glimpse of what used to be with ECW what happened in my backyard you know with what I could do with my figures you mm-hmm. know it, it, for, in my opinion. What put me back into wrestling is the nostalgia of it, man. Like I said, if I could give somebody that you know a, a glimpse of their childhood, why not, man? That, that's that's the best time of your life, man. Yeah, yeah. one of the ways I've kind of described it to people, because like I, there's plenty of people. I'm 37 years old. Plenty of people are like I can't believe you're still watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it's like to me, wrestling is like a whole lifetime's worth of like the kind of cliche of like your parents putting like a mark on the wall of how tall you were at this age or how, and then you see like the little right. marks that's, all the way up and, and it's like that you can trace like I can trace when I was 19 years old back to what I was watching in WWF or when I was 6 years old or if I think of like okay I was I turned 30 in uh, 2009 
I wasn't really watching it at the time, but I still know, like, CM Punk was starting to reach its height. Right. John Cena was ruling the company. There's things that I can mark the years of my life based on what was happening right. in wrestling. So, like, nostalgia is a perfect way to put it. It's like, and actually, if you've ever seen the movie Field of Dreams, yes, and James Earl Jones is giving the speech about baseball as, you know, survived through time, and wrestling has done the same thing. <laughs> it has. And, and you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's, it's always going to change. Everything's always going to change. Now, speaking of nostalgia, I'm going to throw a different little curveball mm-hmm. for unsanctioned, something yeah. that's not been done. Mm-hmm. Um, figure, me and Dan got a lot of nostalgia. We go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, on the school bus mm-hmm. growing up, I gave him a nickname. <laughs> I actually nicknamed the, the nickname Big Day. Uh-huh. I actually gave them their tag team you name. You did. So, just for entertainment purposes and for all the listeners, <laughs> we already went into your Mount Rushmore. Do a little bit into. I'm interrupting who you currently like. Sure. However, for the first time on Matt Madness, if you don't mind, could I get your Mount Rushmore of tag teams? Figuring that you're basically, you know, the greatest tag team we know. <laughs> yeah, sure. We can do this together. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Six five. Let's let's spit off some. Uh, I mean, some tag teams. I mean, the the most relevant what, what tag team set? right now. Number one, the Hardys. <laughs> I mean, I think that's Hardys. A Hardys are out there. Uh, and this is going to be in no particular order. Mm-hmm. By well, yeah, no, yeah. no particular. Your I want yours because obviously we're going to have Day on his own. Uh, sure. Yeah, but sure. Your your Mount Rushmore of tag teams. Your top four all time. No no sure. specific order. And, and, and I don't need to go into too much detail with it. Uh, we could say this one for another one, but. Um, Anybody that knows me or the Big Day or is a fan of Matt Madness podcasting knows that uh, the Outsiders and the NWO okay. have a yeah. huge place in our heart here in the in the wrestling crowd. Okay, right. we had the Hardys were on there for Hardy, you. Hardys well, are right? on there. Yeah. Hardys will be on your Rushmore. Yeah, you Hardys Hard- Hard- will be on my Rushmore. There's a reason we're strapped. Yeah. There's a reason yeah. we're strapped. Yeah, as we're looking at the uh, tag team champions with Matt and Jeff Hardy on. Yeah. It's definitely signed to delete. <laughs> signed delete by Matt Hardy. Signed delete. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're uh, you know they're great. <laughs> they're they're another one that you know they they put their time in, and uh, you know I told you I wouldn't take too much time on these, but. Uh, the Dudleys are going to be number three. Yeah, Dudleys came from uh, all-time favorite promotion <laughs> ECW. They, you know, and, and I also learned this, which made me respect them even more. Bubba Ray Dudley for ECW was the guy calling all these arenas, booking their locations. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> Bubba Ray Dudley's the only. He's the guy that called and said, "Hey, uh, can we get this spot seven o'clock on a Friday night? You know, we'll be done at 11. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'll pay you when we're done. And he, he said uh, something on the interview. It was pretty funny where, you know, he just got doing a match. He was all bloody and sweaty when the when it was over. And he had to go pay the people <laughs> running the spot. And they're like, wait, you were just in the ring. He said, yeah, I'm the guy that called you the other day to book this place. And he's handing over $100 bills with blood on it, you know? Because this man's obviously just, you know, oh, that's put on incredible. a good match. So, you know, the Dudleys, they're another one i got to give it to for, for tag teams. They're, so we got Dudleys, great. the Hardys, the Outsiders, the Suspense, uh, the Fourth. The Fourth. Now... The fourth, it, it, it's um, you didn't really. I, I didn't really think about this too I much know. here. We're on the spot. We're on the spot. On the spot. That's fine. I'm. I'm gonna go. Admittedly, on the spot. He did yeah. say yeah. that's fine. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna go a little bit more current, 
And um, I actually just last night on the WWE Network, which you can get for mm -hmm. nine ninety nine <laughs> plus tax, plus tax, plus tax. I watched on there uh, the WWE's greatest factions. And uh, you know I'm a huge fan of factions. I have my mm -hmm. figure shelves, and you know, they're all displayed in factions. <laughs> but one that uh, just going current, I really enjoyed the Shield. The Shield was one of those things where, you know, I, I wasn't watching wrestling full time when mm -hmm. the Shield came out, but going back and looking at how they debuted, uh, you know, listening to CM Punk, how uh, you know it was his idea about the yeah. Shield and. And, uh, you know, what he wanted to do with the Shield, too. And, you know, what actually happened with the Shield. Mm -hmm. You know, just how everything played out, where they are now, the superstars that they have come to be. The Shield was awesome for me to watch. And as a tag team, you know, even uh, even if they would use the, um, uh, what is it, the, the Freebird rule, mm -hmm. even if they would use that, I, I think they would be one of the greatest tag teams that we've ever had. Just so the record shows, our shelf is using the Freebird rule. All three are strapped. They are strapped. All three are strapped. All three. So the Freebird rule is in effect in the big days lair. Correct. It is in effect. Correct. It is in effect. Yeah, so uh, tag teams, I really, I've always enjoyed good tag team matches. I think uh, you can get some of the best spots, which obviously we all love the, the good spots. Mm -hmm. Easy mark out spots. Yeah. You know? I think some 3D. of the best ones. Exactly. A 3D. Some of the best ones, and you know it's coming. Well, yeah, when the Shield had their reunion. Uh, Triple power bomb. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what, what what show was that? Survivor Series. Survivor Series. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Survivor Series. Yeah. They hit uh, AJ with. Yeah, it. we were all together for that. Right? <laughs> yeah. and, you know, it's just so cool to see that kind of stuff because, you know, like you said, you don't you don't get some of these things that we took for granted in the Attitude Era. You don't see it a lot today, and when you do get to see it, it's it's nice. You know, it brings mm -hmm. you back. Yeah, it, it definitely you know, does. It does. Um, well, that actually was. I'm glad you brought that up, Eck. That was a, a fun. Segment of the show. Another first here <laughs> or Mad Madness. Um, do you have anybody else current that you want to mention? Current, uh, you know, only and uh, you know I want to bring this up because I think this is a uh, it's a very current topic. It's hot right now. It's it's uh, it's the thing. Long overdue, the women's division. Mm -hmm. uh, and one person that I feel like does not get the respect that she should not necessarily the respect but you know I, I really she should be main eventing I think and uh, you know maybe the reason would be lacking of the mic skills mm -hmm. Becky Lynch she is incredible she's she's a great athlete she can sell moves I you know uh, granted I don't think she's where Charlotte is right now I think you know far and behold Charlotte is the dominant diva mm -hmm. right now or I'm sorry women's yeah, she is, wrestler though. right now she's, she's the most dominant is. but <clears throat> I really think Becky would be a great rival with her, or, or with anybody, really. I, I enjoy watching Becky. She She's my favorite in the women's division. Um, uh, just, just basing it off of divisions here, you know, shift over to the cruiserweight division. I'm not a huge fan of it yet, just because the, the storylines I don't think have been great. Uh, I really uh, think Jack Gallagher has helped mm -hmm. the storylines. He's awesome. Great character. <laughs> uh, one guy that I really enjoy watching yeah. myself a uh, little bit of bias because I've seen him in person multiple times. Exactly. Uh, you know, the premier athlete, Tony Nese. Uh, always enjoy watching him. Uh, I, I think he's going to be used in the WWE, WWE very soon. The real Cruiserweight champion. <laughs> he is the real he Cruiserweight is. champion. We've been saying it for a while. And the uh, greatest house of hardcore champion. Yeah. I, I mean, long you know, time. He, he's great to watch. You know, he's, he's good. 
he plays every everything you need. He has. I mean, other than the mic skills, mm-hmm. as, as we've seen, you know, obviously we know what he's missing. We know the yeah, premier manager. We, we need the premier manager. Wow. Too fly. <laughs> but you know, it, it's kind of cool to see um, cool. going to these cool. you know local events at the ECW arena. You know. Oh yeah. Seeing these, you know, seeing these guys that are now, you know, on cruiserweight division mm-hmm. or two hundred five live on Raw. There's some SmackDown. guys that are in NXT now, like Chris Hero. Yeah, NXT. It's cool, you know. And, you know, I've only been going to House of Hardcore since, I think it was House of Hardcore 10 that we went to, the first one. But it's cool seeing these guys that, you know, it, it makes the product, it's real. Yeah. You know, everybody's saying, oh, wrestling's fake, it's fake. Wrestling, there's nothing fake about wrestling. It might be scripted. That's exactly what it is. It's not fake. Like, anyone know? who says that... And especially, I'm going right to people I work with now. So this is a very specific sure. argument I use for very specific people. Yeah. I heard for the first two and a half years I worked there, oh, you know wrestling's fake, right? Like, no, it is. Like, as if I'm in my 30s not knowing wrestling is not a right. real fight. Right. Like, obviously, I know that. I just have gotten past that. I, I don't, I'm not watching it thinking it's a real fight. I'm watching it for the story. I'm watching it to see how these guys tell a story in the ring, the way the crowd reacts to certain things. Exactly. But you you can tell me that about wrestling, but then you come into work telling me about how great John Wick was. Exactly. And it's like, well, you know Keanu Reeves really didn't do any of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> let alone in front of 20,000 people live in an arena and 3 or 4 million people watching around the world live. Yeah. Or more than that John around Wick's the world. John Wick's dog. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know? Uh, it's not. Yeah. It's like, okay, so you, you can you can mark out over John Wick. Yeah. But not for these actual guys who are real athletes doing a real thing live right. in front of an audience. Yeah, and, and, and it amazes me, man, you know. And, and I'm I'm over trying to convince people to like wrestling. You know, I, I've obviously, you know, I have you guys mm-hmm. that are all into wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, we have a group text that goes all day long. I know some of Every us have to, have to put it on do not disturb in working situations. But, um, you know, it's it's one of those things, man. Wrestling brings people together. You know, you don't have to love it. But, you know, if you have a general interest, you know, we have a couple guys that come just for some pay-per-views to hang out with mm-hmm. us, you know. But it, it's cool, man. Uh, everybody can have that little bit of, you know, what they used to grip on it from before, and yeah. even now, the product—it's not a bad product at all. You know, it's—it's it's different though. I view it completely differently than I used to. Yeah, you know, we just um, watched a WrestleMania from five to seven years ago to review for the show last week, and uh, it's better now than it was then. Right. You know, right. like they're not getting enough credit for improving over the last five years because right. it is better now than it was then. It is, and you know, I, I really, uh, like I said, I jumped on about four years ago, and I could tell, like, what the product was then. It was like it obviously wasn't what I watched when I was younger, mm-hmm. but from then to now, there's such a difference. There's such a drastic difference in the product. You know, I mean, obviously NXT has helped it big time. I think what Triple H is doing is, you know, another one of those things that. You know, ten years from now, there's nothing that will duplicate what NXT has done. Yeah. You know, and just from the takeovers, and you know, this this is a, a college, you know, <laughs> yeah. pretty much, and you're you know, selling out stadiums. Um. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Like I did that tour of the Performance Center in September of 2015, I guess. Yeah, it was a year and a half ago. Yeah. And you go there and 
that's I mean it's WWE University. That's exactly what it is. Like they walk in there in the morning. They have a gym to lift. Like they have their trainers that have specific training regimens for each person based on you know like. Right. I'm trying to think of a good example. Like somebody like Bull Dempsey, who's a, a was a big guy. They have him more geared towards they're trying to increase his power because he's more of a power person. Or somebody like. Um, Maybe like if Finn Balor, maybe they're focusing more on his agility and things like that. They have these specific training programs tailored to each guy. Right. They go to promo class every day where they have to give which, promos as different characters. Which hearing from you is a great time. <laughs> it is. It's a really fun time. Um, we got to hear Enzo and Cass give a promo on every WWE main roster oh, tag wow. team wow. for like 15, 20 minutes. They went last. And basically, the the coaches were like, when they came in, just go as long as you want, guys, because they knew everybody wanted to hear Enzo and Cass. That's awesome. Um, that's awesome. But that's what it is. They they have a, a green screen screen room where they can practice giving promos. They get recorded. They can go into another room where they have a bunch of little screens that they can watch themselves back. Um, yeah, there's so much. They have a, a little room where you can do commentary over matches. So you're basically there to learn. It's like like you said, college for. Right. Being a WWE superstar. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't want to do that, right? <laughs> yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite match of all time? You know, this one was hard too because uh, this one. Most people say this is impossible to really answer. It, yeah, one. it is because um, this is it's another great example of watching it when I was younger and watching it now. You know, I'm seeing two different things, and um, I was thinking about it on the way here because I, I was so torn. I really didn't know what is my favorite match, but um, top you know, three. <laughs> you know, just one, one thing that always sticks in my head, you know, if, if, if I'm asking on a fly, the first match that comes to my head, I think is, um, you know, it's a little cliche, and I think it's a lot of people's favorite match. Mm-hmm. The TLC match at WrestleMania 17. <laughs> Classic. There, you know, I, I'm, I think I speak for everybody in saying that, you know, who doesn't love a good spot? I mean, if you, if you want to learn what a spot is, turn on WrestleMania 17 and yeah. watch the TLC match. Yeah. Um, yeah, you see that. It's like, okay, we've never really seen anything quite like that before. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, we've seen... Or since, really. Right, and, we, and we've seen, you know, destruction in a ring. Mm-hmm. But these guys, every how, how well planned everything was, and, you know, even when things went a little bit left, you know, you mm-hmm. were able to pull it and make it just right. Yeah, the one... Uh, like the cohesiveness between each team, like as tag team partners, and then the chemistry those three teams had with each other. And, and years after that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, name name the next time you'll see that. Yeah, you won't. You won't. Uh, and the, that the crowd was so invested exactly in all these guys. And yeah. I could watch it back now, and still there's parts where I get sick to my stomach, thinking like, how are you not going to die that right spear? now? <laughs> yeah. That Edge gave the Jeff Hardy. Uh-huh. I mean, and, and I watched an interview about it. Jeff Hardy released off the ladder awkwardly. Yeah. And he, they just said, you know what? F it. Yeah. It. <laughs> well, there was the one spot when Jeff Hardy ran across the ladder. Right. And the one started to tip. And yeah, I just yeah, watched yeah. it a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, oh, my God. You like, start sweating. I'm like, I already know what happens, and yeah. I'm still getting nervous. Yeah. <laughs> According to the Dudleys, uh, they say that's the only... Only glitch in the whole match. Was that just running across the ladder? Yeah, and they say all these years later, 16 plus years later, they still make fun of Jeff and say, you're the last person that would have messed anything up. Yeah, of of, of, that whole match, they probably thought any one of the five of us may mess something Uh, up. We know Jeff has it. 
under control, and he was the one that had the He's one. He's the guy that was out late partying. Yeah. Like, two fly style. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> now, those are our four questions. Love your answers to all four. A couple other things I want to get into before we get out of here. First one being, obviously you're very aware of my dislike for Goldberg. You don't like Goldberg? <laughs> Believe it or not, I don't like Goldberg. Wow. wow. And my disdain for WCW as a whole. Right. Wow. I think I've explained this to you before right. that I was at a point where I'm up north. I'm old enough at this time to know what's happening. Right. Um, and I want WWF to beat WCW. So I looked at them like... You were viewing it how I view it now. Yeah. Like, I looked at it like WCW was... How old you, were you doing that? Uh, the Monday Night Wars, if we're saying that was like 97 to 2000, I was 18 to 21. And we were what? Like probably seven, six, eight. seven, eight, nine years old. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to be clear. That is amazing. So we Just were... for the record, I did not know this. I thought it was all real. <laughs> I, thought, I was like, what? Shane just bought WCW? Oh, the invasion, that was great. Uh, <laughs> See, uh, but, but that's kind of the point I made is like, me you and guys, six five uh, and the, uh, Me and 6'5 are like one of the few people that actually love the invasion story. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love invasion. The invasion. Uh, because I was doing the invasion. We had a trampoline, the whole neighborhood. We were out there doing wrestling. My mom was going to the dollar store buying the tin, uh, <laughs> the tin the cookie, cookie sheets, sheets yeah. just so we could smack them over each other's heads. Oh, man. We did the invasion well, already. I don't think I ever realized just how cool your parents were. Oh, uh, of course. Hey, Will your Bobby parents come weapons. on and do the podcast? Bob and I grew up with parents that shot us in the back of the car with some figures. So. Yeah. But see, my figures were, they, they bought, uh, I remember it was the, um, the Jacks. It almost it was, sounds like your parents were using you guys as figures. It was, yeah. a, it was a sound track. It was a, uh, the Rocks uh, Pie soundtrack with a bunch of entrances. They put that on play. They were smoking a joint. They, I had the entrance in the back of the car with the people coming out. I um, love my car trips about were, the pie. I love that your mom was buying you weapons to use in your yes, own backyard yes. magic. Trampoline, that is awesome. Oh man, Tramp- trampoline wrestling. We did the invasion before the invasion was done. That that is awesome. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I I hated WCW. I viewed it like wow, we're, we're from Philly. Yeah, we're from there Philadelphia. Was like, there was ten of us. Five were like WCW lovers. Five of us were WWF <laughs> lovers. And that's really amazing. It's yeah, it's like you know, see, it, for for me, you know, I was one of those guys, uh, kind of like prep. You know, I was mm-hmm. a flipper, man. Like I was watching the product. Yeah. Commercial came on Raw. I flipped to WCW. Yeah. You know, I, I would predominantly start with Raw because you know, oh, Stone Cold's on there, The Rock's on there. Right. But I would flip to WCW and uh, find myself forgetting to flip back. <laughs> I was personally a recorder. Yeah, you know, yeah, so, a yeah, you know, I've done that. And I got a few VHSs, but yeah. you know, I found myself enjoying watching Nitro. You know, just it was so cool. You know, like being a little kid, seeing all these like girls run out on Monday Night Nitro, and mm-hmm. you know, the product that they were putting out there. You know, obviously, huge fan of the NWO. Yeah. You know, just seeing these guys do what they do, and you know, I like I caught Nitro, or I was catching WCW. Once the Outsiders had established themselves there, so I didn't know the Outsiders. You know exactly how it all went down right. when I was younger, but watching it again, it's like, wow, man! Like what these guys <laughs> did, nobody does that. And and the fact that you know it's it's a different ball game now. Nobody would be able to do that. Everybody knows, you know, if if Biggie just farted, somebody knows. Yeah, you know. Yeah, nobody could show up somewhere because even AJ Styles, which might have been the biggest surprise, uh, yeah, entrant in WWE, he shows up. 
was everybody happy to see him? Yeah, but oh, we man, we had yeah. been hearing for a month, maybe right. more than that. Right. That like he's going to WWE. It was coming. And we heard rumors that he was. We heard rumors that he wasn't. But him showing up was not a surprise. Right. Right. Um, and so you don't get that anymore. Yeah. It's and it's impossible. Exactly. And the fact that you know they were able to do something like that that was incredible to watch. And then you know obviously the product after that you, you had the front runners there, man. You had mm-hmm. Hogan. You had Sting. You had Macho Man. I mean, who doesn't who doesn't <laughs> like these guys? So you know how how do you turn this product off? So you know it, it was just great. So I was I was a huge fan of that. And then. You know, I think I, I capped off my love for WCW, you know, with with the one guy that, you know, you, <laughs> I think is on your list, I think. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Bill Goldberg. Uh-huh. You know, I it was it, to me, it, it was incredible to see this guy. I just remember sitting in my parents' basement, and I think it was a Thunder show that came on. And, and there was a guy that came into the ring, and I, I want to say it was about 24 seconds later, this guy had already been jackhammered and pinned, and he was, was done. This, was this his first match you remember? No, remembering, no, this, or this you, was he had during already the been, streak. Okay. This was all during the streak, and I just remember, because I didn't catch Goldberg at, you know, you know his first match mm-hmm. or anything. I was mid-streak, and I was like, wow, like, I've never seen a wrestling match where somebody just comes in the ring and completely jobs out. I didn't know what jobbing out was when I was younger. Not to cut you off, but that actually is another interesting uh, thing that I just thought of while you were saying that. So, one of the one of the points I made to you was like I was older when he came around. I was like he's not a good wrestler the way you might be now if a guy like that came right, around. Right. Um, I thought it was like they tried to get somebody who kind of looked like Austin, only bigger. And being from being from Philadelphia, we obviously love the Eagles or the Sixers, and I viewed. WWF as my Eagles or Sixers, and I viewed WCW as like the Cowboys or the Boston Celtics. Wow, if I so I like hated that. them. Um, but to your point, you just said you you didn't know what a jobber was. You never saw a match end like that. I grew up where when you watched wrestling on Saturday morning, almost every match was like that. Yeah. Um, so I never took that aspect into consideration that you see this guy destroy somebody in 30 seconds Larger than you've life, never man. seen it because they were doing real matches on right. TV at this wow. point right? Um, yeah, and, and I, I'm viewing Goldberg as this larger than life figure that yeah he does look a little bit like Austin who I am you know I, I love Austin mm-hmm. you know who's as good as Austin right now and then this one guy comes that looks like him he's twice the size of him and he's throwing guys around and beating him in 32 seconds mm-hmm. flat who the hell is this man? <laughs> so I, 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 of course, I caught an interest being that young. So you know, I caught an interest in you know just watching him, even up to like his fight with Hogan. Mm-hmm. You know that you know his it was a you know quick run for him. Mm-hmm. He just got to, he was top of the game real quick, man. And that fight with Hogan, uh, I forget what event it was at, but actually, I think I want if I'm not wrong here, I, I want to say it was at a Thunder event. It, it was either Thunder or Nitro, one of the two. I think it was Nitro. Yeah, I don't think it wasn't it's a pay per view event. Yeah. And, and I think Hogan was pissed because he's like, why are we giving this away? Yeah. Like, right. we should be doing this on pay-per-view. Yeah, and... Uh, a lot of people were pissed. I just remember <laughs> yeah. watching the match, and everybody's throwing shit into the ring, and, you know, one, two, three, boom. Yeah. Uh-huh. Goldberg's the champion, and I'm like, wow, man. You're beating you're beating Hulkamania right now. You're mm-hmm. beating Hollywood Hulk. <laughs> this dude's the real deal. And as a kid, man, you know, going back to a, uh, you know, a promo that Goldberg dropped recently... He's a hero. Yeah. That you know, who can do this? Mm-hmm. Bill Goldberg can do this, you know. And so I, I've always been a huge fan of Goldberg, and and a lot of it, like you know, I couldn't say I watched every Goldberg match or anything like that. 
but a lot of it is the nostalgia. I remember this. You're wearing a Goldberg shirt I'm right wearing, now. Yeah, the, the, you taunted me with it when you walked in yeah, today. Yeah, the destruction <laughs> continues. Shoulder. Yeah, and and you know, uh, you know, the love of Goldberg. You know, it it played out so hard that you know, even growing up, man. Like if you if when I lost touch with wrestling for a few years, if somebody talked to me. Hey, who who do you like in wrestling? You know, I, I have my <laughs> Goldberg was on that man, and and you know, it was one thing that always stuck with me with Goldberg. You know, it was that tattoo he had. It was awesome, man. I thought it was so cool. I was always a fan of tattoos when I was younger. And, man, he had the coolest one. He was the baddest dude in the yard. Mm -hmm. You know, one one night, I was hanging with our uh, good old buddy, Ectufly. <laughs> and this was like old school Ectufly. This yeah. is old school yeah. Ectufly. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, this this is probably, oh, man, even maybe even 10 years ago. Or something about, something around there. Mm -hmm. You know, around 10 years ago. We were hanging out at his house. He had a buddy of his come over. Tattoos in the basement of his house. <laughs> Lo and behold, a couple hours later, you better believe that Goldberg tattoo is right on my right arm. And I got it for life, my man. I was going to say, it still is to this still day. To this day. Good old Goldberg. It looks good. It's held up nicely. It's, it's held up. You know, she's still there. Added you know, some stars to it. Added some yeah. stars. And then, you know, back when the nostalgia hits and... And we hear, you know, or the, the video game comes out, mm -hmm. and we, you know, we all saw the commercials where Goldberg bursts the doors open, and yeah. gets in the back of the police car, and then, you know, it was it, six five had to show me it again because I didn't see it the first yeah. time. He's driving, <laughs> and the reflection in the window. What do you see? It's Suplex City. <laughs> all right, what's, what's this all about? <laughs> Lo and behold, we get the uh, return of Goldberg. Obviously, a, uh, a dream match situation here. Mm -hmm. uh, we all know it, what would really happen here. But with the booking that's gone down, I, you know, I'm not mad about the booking at all. Like, obviously, I'm looking, I'm viewing wrestling differently now in my life. I'm not looking for that hero anymore. Even though Goldberg, he's already done that for me. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is cool to see him win a few matches. Maybe the, the fashion he's winning him in isn't the greatest. Mm -hmm. right. But it's cool, man. I mean, we were together. I popped. You did. Uh -huh. And I, mean, I didn't. <laughs> you, you had that look on your face when you get the flu. You know? Yeah, I did. That's how you looked. I, I, I popped a little bit. That's exactly how I looked. You, you look like you had the flu. I popped. It's so funny, the the age difference, the perspective you have to look exactly. at. Oh, yeah. It is. Yeah, like, yeah. I, like my thing was I was... I think I was five or six years old the first time I saw Hulk Hogan, and I bought yeah. in completely. Right. And then I, I'm watching Hogan as a teenager, and I'm like, he's not even really good at this. Mm -hmm. Like, his matches aren't really good. He's not good at it. Like, he's got he, the, he the big the, boot and the leg drop. He doesn't yeah. do anything. But he was the larger-than-life superstar. Yeah. You know, and I think I tried to explain that to you the, the, the last time we talked. I think when you, you finally confronted me about it. Yeah. And I was like, I understand why you probably like Well, it. I didn't want to piss you off. You had this twitch <laughs> in your eye anytime somebody started talking about Goldberg. So I, didn't I hope my face up. doesn't twitch like Goldberg. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you, if you cut that beard and grow white goatee. Yeah, I got a little bit of white in it. Not yeah. enough to, to rival Goldberg's goatee. <laughs> um, so do you think he ends up winning the championship? Well, see, FS? I you know, this is this is one thing I did want to briefly talk about with you because I knew you were going to ask me. Mm -hmm. Obviously, being a Goldberg fan, but if if I'm if I'm the guy booking this, Goldberg does not win this match because if Goldberg wins this match, you know there is only one outcome, and that's Brock Lesnar winning it yeah. at WrestleMania. And I personally do not want Brock Lesnar holding that strap. 
Because we won't see it again till the build for SummerSlam. Exactly. <laughs> and, and we've been put through that already. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I don't want this to be like a, uh, you know, you know, one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. I, I would rather see an actual match put on with Goldberg. I would rather see Goldberg get screwed over. And, I, you know, if, if I had my perfect scenario, I, I would like to see Goldberg do his thing, set it up. He was, you know, one, two, three, almost about to get the win. And then, you know, either Brock or Jericho comes down, yeah. interrupts this match. You know, the match is called off. It, it was clear that Goldberg should have won, yet that is the last time he's going to try for it. Yeah, I got you. Now, I will say, I will say this as well. I will. He will earn a shred of my respect tonight if, one, he does do an actual match. Like, that's one of the stories of this match is Owen saying... Goldberg has 90 second matches. He does two moves and it's right. over. I'm going to outlast that. And he's not going to be able to have a 10 minute match or a 15 minute match. If he can entertain me for a good 10 minutes tonight, I'll come on the show next week and I'll give him credit. Uh, I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. I, and I, I think you're right. I don't think, even, this is not even just about Brock not needing, needing the title or me not wanting Brock to have the title. But that match. Does not need the title. It like doesn't. really, that's two big names who have been around for a long time. Those two names sell that thing itself. Exactly. It doesn't need to be a title match. Exactly. And, and you know, if you you know feuds these days are uh, seldom ever finished. Mm-hmm. So I, I would really enjoy seeing a Kevin Owens Chris Jericho match. Well, that'd be two feuds ending on the same night. You could close the book on Goldberg and, and, you and know Brock. What? what is WrestleMania for? It's supposed to be for the end. You know, it's the end of exactly. what you've been doing for the last year. Yeah, so, you know, from a booking standpoint, I do not want Goldberg to win. And that's just me being a current fan, mm-hmm. wanting to see the best product I can. And you actually like Kevin Owens a lot. <laughs> you know, and, you know, it's almost like having, you know, I don't have kids myself, but it's almost like having a kid, you know. You just want it to do good. Like, yeah. You know, I just want to see the best product, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, would I mark out if Goldberg held a strap? Yeah, but I buy Goldberg side plates. <laughs> of course you would. Whatever, you know. <laughs> but I don't think that's the best thing for the product right now. And that's really what I have a... Um, I, that's what I'd rather see. Yeah. Is something better for the product. You know, we, we can all have the mark-out moments. You know, I marked out when he came back. I'm not going to mark out as much when he wins a title because I know what it's going to mean. You know, so I don't need another Goldberg mark-out moment. Because you, you feel like you had it uh, at Survivor Series. Exactly. And and no, it's not going to top that if he wins a title, knowing that Brock Lesnar is just going to take this from him right. a month and a half from now. Did you did you know uh, or did you feel like at Survivor Series he was going to win? or Because I thought, without a doubt, Brock wins and then it sets up the rubber match at WrestleMania. That, I, I, I thought never gonna, thought he was going to win. I thought the exact same thing that you think right now. I thought it was going to be a two-match thing. I didn't think that there was going to be... Because, you know, Goldberg has won already. He mm-hmm. started with one. So I thought it was going to be a uh, Brock win. It's one and one. And, you know, rubber's at WrestleMania. And I thought that was going to be the last time I saw the guys. I didn't think I was going to see promos. You know, I, I mean, I could have done without some of the Goldberg promos. <laughs> you know, I, I, I dislike the fact that... His Intercontinental Championship uh, promo. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I dislike the fact that they have to special announce that either Goldberg or... Brock Lesnar is going to be on the show. 
that's a superstar that's getting paid to be there. Mm-hmm. Just like you at your job, you don't like to be there, whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. You're getting paid to be there, you go. Mm-hmm. That's just like me and my job. If I don't go, I don't get paid. Right. <laughs> you guys show up. I don't need to be told that you're coming. You yeah. should be there putting on <laughs> events. And, you know, I understand the whole part-time superstar thing, but I'm not a fan of it. I, I'm... You know, I could do without it, to be honest with you. You know, don't get me wrong. It's nice to see, you know, Taker come back at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But when's too much? Yeah. You know, um, I, I honestly hope that this is the last year that we see Taker at WrestleMania. And I hope they do it the right way. Him going out on his back? Uh, the right way, though. Are you going to put him against Roman Reigns? It's good. I think it's going right to be Roman move? or Braun, one of one of those two. Yeah, you know, and and regardless of who it is, either of them, they could do it the right way, but it's about how you book it, man. And and that's that's really one of my more main entrance or interests in professional wrestling these days is how you book things, man. Because you know, I, I'm I'm a strategic guy. I like to. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy if I'm watching a movie, my girl trying to be figure pissed. it out. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing the whole time. So, and that's how I am with WWE too, man. So, you know, we'll, I'll be guessing, and we all just naturally kind of do it. But you know, I just don't like when it becomes so predictable, and and sometimes you can't beat around it. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it it's cool to see stuff when I'm not expecting it. That's why when Goldberg beat Brock. The way he did, I popped, man. Because you, you never saw it coming. Yeah. You look like you had the flu. Because you, never, saw, <laughs> no, I you never thought you'd see it. I give them credit for surprising the hell out of me. Because yeah. I didn't see it coming. I just thought like... I mean, the last time you saw that was when The Undertaker lost at WrestleMania. Yeah. No, you're right. That was the last time you had that level of surprise. And even like you said, AJ, it was a surprise, but we kind of knew you Yeah, were we knew if he's not... I, I wasn't... When that music hit, I didn't know he was coming out. So when I saw him in that instant, I was like, wow, that's AJ. But I was not like, oh, my God, I can't believe AJ Styles right. is here. It was like right. I knew I was going to see him eventually. Right, right. Um, now, last thing I want to get into before uh, I let you get out of here and we can watch Fastlane. Yeah, sure. Is House of Hardcore. You went to a House of Hardcore show before I ever went to one. I think you went to the one previous yeah. to the one I went to. And this is where I think we've done most of our hanging out and bonding yeah. up until the last few months. Right. Was the Icons and the actual House of Hardcore shows. For me, it, it made me appreciate wrestling in a different way. I agree with you. I, and I uh, you know, I heard you talking to Prep recently on, mm-hmm. on the uh, one of the last unsanctioned episodes mm-hmm. you guys had. And, you know, it's one of those things where... You get to view it in a different way, you know. Like you said, uh, you know, Rumble 15, that was your second event. So, you know, going to these live events that, you know, and and with House of Hardcore, we were always going and we try and get the best seats, you know. When you're putting on a good product and and you're only charging $60 for a front row ticket, (laughs) it's a little bit more manageable than going to a WWE event and... You know, spending a mortgage for one. If you're ticket. sitting in the fifth row, you're spending 350 exactly. bucks, if not more. Exactly, and you know, it's kind of tough to enjoy something like that, knowing, man, I gotta work two more weeks to pay off this ticket, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just, it's a different product, you know. You, one, I think Raw's too long to sit through. It is. <laughs> but going to House of Hardcore, sitting in the front row, you know, before these guys are getting in the ring, you get to meet them as a human being. Outside of character, yeah, you know, you know, Sting at icons, he might be painted up, whatever the case may be. <laughs> but the, you know, when these guys, you get to meet them in person, you get to, you know, talk to them about events that you've watched. Yeah. That, 
you know, change your life in some sort of way or you remember and you always will. You'll never forget these things and, you know, just, you know, almost paying your respects to these guys and then getting to see them go jump in the ring. Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, a great example for you, you know, we get to meet Eddie Kingston, yeah. whatever. He's a cool guy. And then, you know, we go sit down. 25 minutes later, he comes out and, and you know, he's, he's yelling at you for having this <laughs> the ring, of, ring honor. of honor belt, you know? So it, it's just, it's just such a different experience that I personally, even if you're not a wrestling fan, I think you should experience. I mean, it's not going to be life changing, anything like that, but it's one of those things where, you know, it, it's so different where I remember the very first one we went to, you know, it capped off. We capped off the whole House of Parkour event mm -hmm. with the Sandman dumping beer in. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. How the hell <laughs> can you beat something like that? You can't. How many times had you seen that on an old ECW event, and now like you're in it? Exactly. You talk about nostalgia. I mean, come on, man. While Metallica's blaring over the yeah. speakers. Can't hear a thing. Beers in your eye. Who? Do, what else would you want, man? Yeah, there's, there's not much else you can you, want. Exactly. So. That's that's one thing I really enjoy that House of Hardcore brings, you know. It it's it, it gives another platform for younger guys that may not get that instant notoriety from the NXT. Mm -hmm. You know, they could put put on their you know performances to these you know live on these live events. You know, Tony Nese is a great example. Look at him now. You know, he's one of the guys that are um, you know the base of the cruiserweight division right now. You know, I think they're waiting to give him a good push, mm -hmm. and he, I think he will get a good push. But you know, what a great guy to meet. You know, uh, another great thing I remember from House of Hardcore, you know, Ricochet. Oh yeah. You know, what, oh, that's awesome, a highlight. Yeah, first of all, he's an awesome guy. You know, normal dude. You know, who's his match with Sammy Callahan? Uh, yeah, yep, Sammy Callahan. And first of all, complete markout moment. He came out mm -hmm. wearing Philadelphia Eagles yeah. trunks. How can you not like this guy? Right. At this point, Sammy Callahan, I could give two shits about. Yeah. You know, I mean, this guy's wearing Eagles trunks, yeah. man. So, and then I just remember one specific time, we were sitting front row again, mm -hmm. and Ricochet's leaning over the guardrails, and I'm, I'm right on his right side. He, he turns to me and looks at me, and I'm, uh, you know, slightly starstruck at the time. <laughs> and he said something, and I was like, oh, what'd you say? Like, not even paying attention. And he whispers, I would move if I <laughs> And first thing that I think of, I gotta move. Yeah. This guy's telling me to move, I gotta move. So I, I move out of the way, Sammy Callahan comes running around the whole ring, and then he flips him back into the chairs, all the chairs that we're sitting on, and you know, the chairs that we sat in the rest of the event were all bent from Sammy Callahan landing on them. You know, it was, it was one of those things where, wow, man, if I would have heard Ricochet the first time tell me to move, I probably would have had a second to sit there and think, man, I'm definitely going to job out here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be the guy that Sammy Callahan lands on here. So, you know, if I could go back and redo it, I would probably do it that way. But, you know, overall, you know, it's just, it's it's one of those things where you're, you're part of the event. Mm -hmm. You know, that's every time we sit front row for a reason, we want to be part of the event. Yeah. You know, if... You know, we, we almost had the chance to throw one of the uh, Matt Hardy's tag team title into the steel cage. We didn't get our chance, but yeah. they gave us the go-ahead. You know, it's a, it's a different product, man. It's it's something that you could be fully engulfed in. You know, you're not uh, you're not sitting there texting your your friends or whatever mm -hmm. during the event like Raw during you know a commercial break or anything. Yeah, it is a full-on go from you know from the first bell to the end. Yeah. Um... 
like you said, you mentioned uh, Eddie Kingston yelling at me. I've told this story a few times, but like, did I literally? And I'm not a booer. I never boo. But I thought the first time I saw Eddie Kingston, I was like, I love this guy as a heel. I love his crowd work, like that he will interact with you. So as he's walking towards us and we're in the front row, I'm like, I have to just boo him right in his face. Right. It's not a disrespectful boo. It's like, I want you to say something to me. Right. So I'm literally eye contact with him just going, boo. <laughs> and then he called me a jerk off for having yep. the Ring of Honor belt. Yep. Uh, and it of was course awesome. he had to talk about 6'5's face. Yeah, he made fun of Mike's face. I don't remember what he, yeah. I think he just said, look at your face. Yeah. <laughs> um, Another Upset. Yeah, Matt Hardy when he came down, and I I, I had a great uh, video of this on Snapchat because I just happened to be recording. The lights were out, the lights come on, and he's looking like what looks like directly into my camera, going ah like with his you know mouth wide open. Right. Uh, it, it's a whole different atmosphere. Right. Like you are part of the show. You are, and they're going out of their way to entertain you. Where in WWF on Raw. I'm sure they want to entertain the people in the crowd, but I think that they're focused so much more on what's coming across right. TV. Right. Um, whereas a, one of these events, it's, it's all more about the live about crowd. business in mm-hmm. WWE. Whereas you know, House of Hardcore and some other live events. I mean, specifically speaking, House of Hardcore because that's what we go to. That's our yeah. show at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, they they really are doing like I, I really got to commend Dreamer for it. He's doing everything in his power. To make sure you left there happy, you left there entertained. Mm-hmm. You know wh- whether it's um, bringing back these guys like RVD and Sandman and you know Bubba Ray Dudley. Whether it's bringing these guys back or you know putting you, you know new guys into the ring like Tony Nese and and um, I, for- I forget the um, the one tag team. The, yeah, uh, the big guy tre- and the, something tremendous. Yeah, trem- I... the tremendous. Uh, <clears throat> I can't tremendous remember what something. they're called. I forget the name. They're great though. So entertaining <laughs> to watch. You know, and, you know, for a promoter in Dreamer to be putting these guys on and knowing which guys to put on, you know, I, I got to commend him for that because, you know, we don't get to see that with... Vic Delicious, another, yeah. like, funny heel, like, that he just goes after the yeah. crowd nonstop. Yeah, you know, it, it's just different. It, and it's a glimpse of what it used to be like. And, you know, I think that's what he's trying to do is bring back what it used to be for himself even. Mm-hmm. You know, for him to feel yeah. nostalgia for what he's done in his career, yet also try to give us what we've been yearning since mm-hmm. ECW's been out. And, you know, you, you put it off in the same arena. You go take a piss in the bathroom and you see this big ECW <laughs> logo and, man... Yeah, the mural, it's like whatever it is, like 96 to 02 yeah. or whatever it was. I don't remember what the years are off the top of my head. Yeah, but, but you know... I'll be honest, I've never hung out in the bathroom so long. Yeah, we got pictures. I don't think I've ever gotten my picture taken in a public bathroom before. I, I can say that's a first. <laughs> you see the uh, the retired guys hanging yeah. you know, in the rafters in that arena. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, a, lot of, a lot of firsts. Yeah, anyone who's never been in the ECW arena, whether you want to call it the 2300 arena or not, is up to you. But I would say definitely check out a show there if you ever get a chance. Great venue. Whether it's House of Hardcore, Ring of Honor, CZW. Yeah. Just go. It's a fun atmosphere. And not to get political, but like whether it's politically, whether it's religion, there's so many things that separates people now. Like there's so many things that cause division in people. You go to a show like that in that arena, everybody's on the same side. Everybody's cheering for the same things. Yeah. Everybody's booing the same things. Everybody wants to see the same thing. Everybody wants to walk out there feeling, walk out of there feeling the same way. Yeah, and, and you know what? It, it, 
one of the things that I hate these days, and you know, I'm just speaking on behalf of myself mm-hmm. here. I don't like being in crowded environments, man. Mm-hmm. It's tough. You you go to an event these days, like a raw event, just to get up the damn escalator and to go get a beer, and then use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And you're bumping into people. It's a bad time. I'll, I'll tell you, go, going to these events like House of Hardcore, man. I've met so many good people and talk to these people even to this day still yeah even or, or run into them every every wrestling event yeah. <laughs> i've never met a bad person or or somebody that turned me the wrong way at these events you know it, it it just in my opinion it's another reason you know or another example of wrestling just bringing people together mm-hmm. man. i mean look at us like like you know we didn't know each other Two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was. Yeah, we would not know each other exactly. right now if it was not for yeah. wrestling. <laughs> and, and, and granted, like we we've hung out outside of wrestling mm-hmm. too, you know. So it's, but it's just one of those things that brings us all together. And you know, I think those those small events like that are, are a great example of that of you know the community that is professional wrestling. Yeah. So and you know, I, I'm one of those guys where you know when I was younger, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't the cool thing, mm-hmm. you know, but. I could care less now. Yeah. You know, on the back of my Jeep, I got a, I got a two foot, three foot NWO logo, and one of the most the the best feelings for me. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a story real quick. One time I was walking out of Best Buy. Jeep was parked. I was walking out, and I see three people standing there. It was one dad. I would say uh, maybe around, you know, thirty, mm-hmm. forty years old, around that age. So you know. He was in the limelight of, uh, of, you know, the Attitude Era yeah. and all that. And he's got his two little boys with him, you know, five, seven years old, whatever it may be. And I'm walking out, and I, I saw him, and I was just smiling, <laughs> saying to my girlfriend, yo, look at that. Check that out. And she's like, what? Like, you know, I see what's going on. And the dad's telling his boys to stand in front of the Jeep, <laughs> holding up the click, holding up the click sign. And he said, all right, God, say too sweet. <laughs> and he stood back and he took a picture of these two kids, you know, with my Jeep yeah. that says NWO. So I know in years from now, if this dad happens to show these kids this picture, and and what if this kid is happens to be a wrestling fan? Yeah. And 20 years from now, if he sees that, oh, I remember this monster <laughs> truck I saw that was the NWO truck. You know, I, I've had moments in my life like that where, you know, some Joe Schmo could have, you know, had something cool like that. And yeah. I'll remember it for the rest of mm-hmm. my life. But, you know, if I could have done something, you know, like that, just to put wrestling out there for two kids that might remember that down the road, mm-hmm. that has a small, slim chance of that. Yeah. In my eyes, that was pretty damn cool. Well, I've seen it just in the few times I've been out when you've had that Jeep. People, people react to it. Yeah, we'll we, were, we were eating at that barbecue place before a House of Hardcore show. Yeah. And people were walking by... Looking at it and asking about it. Yeah, have Um, a few pictures being taken. Yeah, you'll have to send me a few pictures. I can put them on our Facebook page when we when we release this episode. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, So I'm trying to think if there was anything else specific I wanted to get into with you. Uh, Why why the NWL specifically? You know, uh, one thing I I hinted at it a little bit earlier in the podcast. Huge fan of the factions. Um, uh, You know. I'm, I'm just the kind of guy, man, you know, we have our clique. Mm-hmm. I got my guys and we stick together. And, and I'm like that in real life, you yeah. know, with you guys, with, you know, a couple other my buddies. That, that's just how I've always been. I always got my clique, man. And you know what? The NWO is the baddest clique <laughs> The baddest one. You know, you, you can rival me with a, with a DX. But you know what? When it came down, 
NWO, in my opinion, was the baddest click out there. There was, I there was liked... nobody else that was doing what these guys were doing. That you know, the impact that they made. That you know, these guys drew your attention every arena they went to in their prime. Yeah, I liked DX a lot, but I don't believe that they really necessarily hold a candle to the NWO. I now, did the NWO it... eventually get out of hand? It did. Yeah, absolutely. But absolutely, Scott Hall showing up on Nitro, where nobody knew what was going on, and then Hall showing or Nash showing up not too long after. One of the and still segments. no, yeah, still nobody really knows what's going on, and now they're trying to take over, and then they have a third person who nobody knows who it is, and it's Hulk Hogan making the heel turn, and then the fact that they literally ran WCW for what, like probably ran two it. years. I mean, if you if you have pay per views being named after you, yeah, I mean that DX, in my opinion, excuse me, there would be no DX if it was not for the NWO. Uh, yeah, you're probably right because. WWF is trying to put something on the table that's rivaling what WCW is mm-hmm. making when these guys are winning the ratings, you know? What can we put on there? And, you know, these guys, obviously, they were all friends prior to this in WWF. You know, this is where the click came out, you know? These guys are yeah, all Yeah, they were saying it's like click north and click south. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and it's kind of funny because that's really how it was, man, you know? And, and they, they were really the same group. You know, Sean Waltman was in both mm-hmm. of them, you know? <laughs> he was. <laughs> They're kind of the same. And, and uh, at one point, Shawn Michaels was a member of the NWO. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a lot of the same guys. It's the clique. But, you know, like you said, no, what was it, North and South? Mm-hmm. He said, yeah. So, you know, I, I really think that's, uh, and, and, you know, just the impact, you know, that stood out with NWO. It was one of those things where, you know, Everybody knows the NWO, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? That's 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 my click. You know, Kendall Jenner was just wearing an NWO Wolfpack shirt a few weeks ago. And, and you know what? <laughs> I, I was I was uh, I had mixed emotions about it too because, you know, I, I sent it on the uh, on the group text and mm-hmm. everything. And what I said was, you know, we made this look cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now she's doing this. Yeah, we set the trend for yeah, Kendall Jenner. Exactly, and, and you know what? I got a few pops on my on my red NWO hat since then. So thank you, Kendall. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. you for that one. Yeah, thank you for mainstreaming it a little more than we were yeah, able a bit, to. Yeah, and you know what? That's okay. It doesn't need to be mainstream, but you know, the the, the Wolfpack and the NWO, we, we appreciate all kind of uh, any, any kind of publicity we can get. Exactly. Positive, never, negative. We we yeah. never shied away from the negative publicity. No, you can never have too much publicity. Yeah, especially with the NWO. Bad <laughs> bad publicity is good publicity. It is. Right? It always is. Yeah. There um, you go. So, I guess that is our show. Biggie Dan Johnson, it was a pleasure to finally have you. Long yeah, and, overdue. And, you know, uh, I don't mean to cut you off mm-hmm. by any means. There's uh, one more thing, if you wouldn't mind. No, absolutely. I would love to talk about. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you've always said that, you know, you know, we became great friends through wrestling. You know, wrestling did this for us. It did. You know, we, we've all connected through wrestling recently. <laughs> and we all decided to put this podcast together. And, you know, you, you've been... You've been the, the spine between it. You, you're the rock of this podcast. I appreciate we, that. This podcast would not be alive without you. You know, we, I appreciate we've got that. our man Alo and Ecto Fly. <laughs> you know, these, these guys, you guys are all putting in the in the hours, but you mm-hmm. know, without you, this podcast wouldn't be possible. We wouldn't be able to, you know, talk about wrestling, man. You, mm-hmm. you know, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing right now. Talk, bringing up old times. So, you know, for that, you know, I, I want to just. Show my appreciation to you a little bit here. <laughs> and and for that, I am naming you 
the first ever <laughs> Matt Madness Slammy Award winner. Really? So is that what's in here? The wow. First ever Matt Madness. So now I have a question. First of all, thank you. That means a lot to me that you Absolutely. say that. Absolutely. Especially because when I started this, I said my whole goal was to bring people together to talk about something we all love, we all enjoy. Um, I said I wanted to, if I meet people at events, if I run across people on Twitter, or if somebody comments on my articles, I want to give them a platform to talk about what they love about wrestling. Exactly, we, and that's what you're doing. But yeah, nobody, nobody loves it the, same, the exact same way. We all love it different ways. Right. And I hate the idea of like fans hating other fans because like, oh, you, you watch wrestling wrong because you like Roman Reigns. Right. Or like you're an idiot because you like John Cena. It's like, no, you watch it and you take from it what you take from it. Exactly. And you're, whatever brought you to that place, that's what you take from it. So I like to get as many opinions as possible, validate as many opinions as possible, yeah. and hopefully more people will be willing to say what their opinion is. Because I think a lot of people won't say yeah, they wait, like something. Because you know It's not the cool thing to do. Yeah. And you know what? We're making wrestling cool again because of <laughs> Well, thank you so for that. So that. that's why I wanted to... Uh, <laughs> and you know, I, I'm not gifting this to you. You earned this, my friend. So. Well, thank you I very much. It, for sure. Biggie sure. Dan, I appreciate it. I look forward to having the other half of the big day, Michael J. Day yeah, on. Yeah, we'll have to, to you know get him in here for an unsanctioned. Yeah, maybe one day we'll get the big day on together. Maybe we'll have another tag team on here. You know, you know I, think, uh, I think Matt Manis has, has something special coming for him in the near future here. <laughs> I'm looking very much forward to All it. Right. But it was a pleasure. I hope you had fun. I know I did. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I look forward to doing this again. Yeah, for sure. All right, so that is our show for Biggie Dan Johnson. I am Ron Pashery. And we will see you next time. Got now, put down right now, hit with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the cell.